Hi there, welcome back to Channel Chat Season 2. I'm your host, Amity Shedd, and for this episode, we're in Williamsport, Indiana with Channel Seedsman Kevin Peterson, Climate Business Manager Seth Smoot, and Indiana grower Andrew Hughes. Seth and Kevin both team up to help Andrew make the best decisions to keep his farm operations successful. In this episode, we learn how the Climate Field View platform and Channel Seed work together for the betterment of farmers like Andrew. So let's get started. Hi there, welcome back to Channel Chat Season 2 here in Williamsport, Indiana. I have three guests joining us today. Welcome guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves a little bit and talk about your history with channel, climate, and as a grower? Yeah, so Seth Smoot, uh, Climate Business Manager uh, with Climate Field View. Um, currently cover uh, most of the state of Ohio and northern Indiana, uh, working with, uh, with, with our dealers and our customers. I've uh, been with Climate for a little over five years, um, uh, working, working in the Field View role. Um, and so, yeah, it's just uh, exciting um, being able to work with, with folks like Kevin and, and seeing the value um, that we're able to bring uh, both to the, to the dealer and the farmer and enhance that trusted advisor relationship. Uh, and being able to, you know, make sure we're getting the right products in the right place at the right rate. Um, so it's just exciting to be able to be in, in this sector of the industry as it continues to grow and become more important uh, and, and work with folks like Kevin and Andrew um, and see how we can enhance that relationship on the farm. Kevin, anything you want to add about that relationship? Uh, we started with Channel a year and a half ago and we've been working with them trying to get everything situated and we, we utilize uh, climate for not only scouting but just being able to do yield data and analysis with the customers. So Kevin you've been with Channel for a year and a half mm -hmm. still on seed? Yep. Awesome. And Andrew what's your how long have you been in the area and what's your history with Channel and climate? Oh well here in the area my entire life uh, three years farming on my own uh, with climate this is going on the fourth year being involved with climate and field view uh, first year customer with Channel. Um, awesome. Excited. Yeah. Uh, I've seen what they've brought to the table and excited to hopefully reap some of those benefits. Yeah. Uh, so we're just, just anxious to get in the fields. And like I said, we're two and a half, three weeks behind schedule and, you know, hoping for the best. Yeah. Can I ask, um, Kevin, why did you switch to selling Channel Seed? And Andrew, why did you switch to buying Channel Seed? Well, we had been a pioneer previous pioneer rep agent for 18 years and uh, we're looking for different ways that we could bring new products to our customers it was nice to to have a team concept that we were working with uh, from my agronomist my account manager our area business manager uh, working all the way through to get down to our customer because at the end of the day we want our customers customers to be successful and so if you have a team going forward, it makes it a lot easier to, to work with that customer and let them have the advantages of a full package of not only corn, but soybeans as well. Kevin, if you want to talk a little bit about how uh, your customers reacted to the big switch from Pioneer to Channel, how was that taken? Okay. Uh, the transition from, for our customers, I, I think they were all in shock uh, a little bit to begin with. Um, I think some of them, uh, several of them had seen Channel or had done some research on Channel in the past and seen how it was performing. Um, the transition for us has been absolutely outstanding. Um, 
we're in a position that we never thought we would be in um, year one with the new company, um, selling a larger volume than we had ever sold in the past. So it's been a great transition for us, mm -hmm. and it's just it's really helped us expand our outreach um, to the extent we've got another guy that's joining us full time on uh, Monday. He just graduated from Purdue. And, uh, Cole's going to be a great asset for us uh, as we start outreaching out a little bit further away from our geography that we're in right now just because we have room for expansion. And Andrew, why did you make the switch to channel? Was it the relationship um, with channel or climate field view or how they work together? What was the ultimate decision maker for that change? Uh, the change was when, you know, with Kevin with serviceability, um, what he brings to the table. Uh, with the last grower I was with, uh, you know, same thing he was dealing with, uh, you know, a phone call away with Kevin. He's a phone call away. Then, you know, look around. You guys are all here. Um, it's amazing. So that growth there and the support that he has with, with his business and what is behind him is the big thing that we went after in our organization. So, you know, that's where we are going ahead and looking in the future for. Seth, can you and Kevin talk a little bit about the channel climate field view relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so the, the channel climate field relationship has, has been an evolving one. Um, and so, you know, obviously I've been with climate for a little over five years and just to watch the growth of the field view platform on one hand and then as, you know, as we partnered with the channel brand and the field checkup series and the Seasman 360 app, you know, that Kevin's using in season for, for scouting and some of those things, it's been, it's been, it's been neat to watch that evolution. Um, you know, so climate is, you know, some of our main focuses are, you know, helping customers get as much of their data into one place as possible. So whether that's their agronomic data from planting data to yield data, um, and then also that trusted advisor data. So as Kevin, you know, is out scouting fields for Andrew or as others customers, how do we give them an avenue to be able to utilize that planting data or the end season field health imagery um, to make sure, you know, hey, where do we need to be scouting? And when we're scouting, you know, how do we document, you know, with pictures and, and text of, hey, what we're seeing, how do I easily share that back to Andrew so then we can communicate if an action plan is necessary. And so, um, you know, FieldView is, is kind of built around that data in one place, making it easy to analyze and make decisions off of. Um, and then you had the Seasman 360 app and the field checkup series that were doing similar things. And so for a while, they were two disconnected systems. Uh, over the last two and a half, three years, it's been neat as we've, as we've brought those two together. And so now, um, rather than Kevin having to dual entry and, and make those decisions and those entries in, in both Climate and Seasman 360, um, FieldView enables the ability to do that scouting for the field checkup series process. And so now when Kevin's out scouting for Andrew and his other customers, he's got the ability to, um, you know, access the customers and from, you know, their field view account because they've chosen to share that information with him as a trusted advisor. So he knows where their fields are, um, you know, what, what is planted where. And so when he saves that information in field view, there's a seamless flow of that data over to the Seedsman 360 app. So then he can execute the field checkup series um, and really exemplify that seedmanship at work process um, that the channel brand experience is all about. Um, and, I, and then be able to provide that 
custom crop report to Andrew and those other customers at the end of the season to document, hey, here's all of the things you know, that we're working with you on as that trusted advisor, and here's what we're bringing to your operation. Mm -hmm. Kevin, anything you want to add about that relationship? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about uh, being able to utilize Climate Field View for our growers because uh, Cole and I do a lot of scouting throughout the year, and this will be a seamless way for us to transfer that data that we use this will be in our first year of Seedsman 360 and being able to utilize climate for our notes and, and sending that information over to our grower. That's one of the biggest problems that you have is growers are busy now and so they don't have time to go walk all their fields with you. And they pay us through the seed units that they buy to go out and scout their fields. And so when we go out and scout their fields, they don't have to be with us if they don't want to, but they know that we've been in their fields by the notes that we might share with them. And so it gives us that that just easy transition to send them a couple of pictures or to jot down a little note of a disease or a weed problem that we might see throughout their field. And then one other easy fact that's just simple for field view for us is we deliver a lot of our seed right to the field. Um, and so if a customer tells us which field they're in, we can pull it up on field view and, and we know exactly what, what field we're going to. As, and it's not necessarily related strictly to the production of it, but it makes our job easier getting to that field and having that same field that the customer tells us um, where we need to be. We, we can more timely get there. So not necessarily production related, but it's just another easy way to use Climate Field View. Right. And, and circling back to Andrew, how does that impact your operation, the relationship with Channel and Climate Field View? How does that help you get the most out of your acres? Oh, that's that's huge. Um, you know, trusting our these advisors here for anything, and you know him going to scout, and you know whether it's disease pressure, or, you know insect pressure, and making that uh, fungicide application. You know, we can sit there and look at that data, and you know send a note to me and say, hey, we need to check, you know, this spot on, you know, the East Forty, and we can go back there and look at that. And that transition, that flow of data is seamless and we like it. Andrew, how long did it take you to get your operation into that data first mentality? Was sharing your data on these platforms ever a concern? Was that, how did you get over that hump into really embracing it and using it? There was really no hump for our organization, for myself. Um, you know, in my generation, 33 years old, uh, technology is where it's at. And if I want to grow, and be successful and profitable, you know, I have to use technology. And the data sharing, it's, it's where we're at today. Um, and I truly believe that. So, you know, there's trusted sources out there and Kevin is one of those and, you know, the seedmanship that he brings to the table. So the data sharing and, and you know, that's, that, there's never a hump there. It's just, it's where technology is today and we've got to roll with that if we need to succeed in the business, so. Can you guys give an example of, in the region, specifically soil moisture now, how are the partnerships and relationships between all three of you guys working together to figure out a good plan for growers moving forward um, when we have you know, excessively wet fields, and how do you guys work with that? We started addressing it a little bit with our um, seeding uh, recommendations that we're doing uh, for the growers. and. Um, prescriptive treat or seeding rates. So uh, 
we've been trying on the growers that are utilizing that technology to have a script already written for the hybrids that are in their shed um, waiting to be planted so that when they pull into that field, although we might have a plan for a different hybrid to go there, um, it, that field wasn't ready yet, so they're gonna go. So they can choose which hybrid and that script changes based on which hybrid they have in the planter at the time. Because we're gonna be doing a lot of jumping around, trying to feel, find fields that are dry, uh, bulk fill planters, a guy wants to dump a mini bulk in and, and go plant corn. And so if he's ready to make that transition and change from say a 209.15 uh, prescription to a 213.19 prescription, all he has to do through climate um, is choose that prescription and it's loaded in this planter and he's ready to go. So we've been doing a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess you would say pre-work on that, making sure that we have the fields ready to go and the prescriptions ready for each one of their hybrids and each one of their fields. Seth, do you want to add a little bit to that? Yeah, I mean, I think from Kevin's perspective, that that's a great example. Um, because yeah, I mean, the, the thing with, um, you know, farmers are, when it's time to plant, they're gonna plant. And you know, you, you sit down and you use these, these winter months and this time to, to develop a plan, but uh, the plan doesn't always come to fruition like you have it to. So you've gotta be ready to, you know, adjust based off of that. And so um, I think Kevin's example was great in terms of that. Um, and I think something, you know, as we talked about it, the evolution of, um, you know, of the, of the, of the climate field view and the, and the channel relationship, you know, I think you'll see some, some products come to market and uh, we have them in some geographies this, this year that we call Seed Advisor. Um, and what Seed Advisor is really developed around is it takes our advanced seed prescriptions to the next level. Uh, in terms of uh, giving um, seedsmen like Kevin um, the ability to look and say, okay, hey, for Andrew's fields, like, so let's, let's pick a specific field. You know, here are the top five hybrids that would potentially fit this environment. And so here's one, two, and three. So if Andrew goes to a field and he doesn't have number one in his planter, well, maybe he's got two or three. Um, so then he knows, hey, these, these can also work here. But what it also does is, is maybe Andrew has, you know, a product like 209.15. Well, 209.15 may work excellent in these other five fields, but these one he's about to pull in, it does not fit that environment. So he should, even if that's the one he's going to plant, either we need to look at getting a different hybrid in there or finding a different field. So it really helps keep, keep the grower out of the ditch in terms of, hey, this is not a fit on this acre. Andrew, can you talk about a time when you use the help from Kevin and Seth to help your operation keep moving forward with the technology and the seasonship that they bring to the table? Uh, yeah, you know, three weeks ago, I was working some ground and I called Kevin and I said, hey, Kevin, if we miss this rain tonight, I'm going to plant beans. And he said, we'll get on the script right now. And, you know, a few hours later, we were ready to rock and roll. We did not miss that rain. <laughs> um, you know, so, the, you know, again, going back to the serviceability and, you know, trusting your seedman and, you know, the technology side of it. It's right there at your fingertips. Um, looking to what Seth was saying and piggyback off Kevin, you know, going to these fields now with the saturated soils, um, you know, looking at a 209 going in this particular field, um, well, now I may have a spot that's wet and I want to throw a, a you know, better defensive hybrid there. And with these scripts that, that Kevin has put together for me, you know, I can go through there with confidence and select 
you know, I have this variety and this bulk over here and then select this variety and, you know, plant those in that field compared to the ideal situation we were going into a few weeks ago. Um, so that's where I believe this technology is crucial to us moving forward. Kevin, what do you define good service as? What does seedsmanship mean to you? you know, we really take pride in, in our business and we take pride in making sure that our customers are happy at the end of the day with what they're paying for. Um, they're paying for a bag of seed, but with that bag of seed, they get our service that comes along with it. And so we really make sure that when our customer um, is done planning, they feel secure enough that they have the right hybrid in the right location, that they have uh, the product when they need it, uh, where they need it. And they know that if they have an agronomic question or uh, uh, concern that they can give us a call and they're going to get an honest opinion, not a uh, trying to sell you something opinion, but an honest, uh, non-biased opinion of what, what we really feel like should happen. Um, we're farmers at heart. We don't farm, but that's what our pride is, is making sure that our farm is, uh, our customer's farm are treated like our farm. And so we really make sure that at the end of the day that our customers uh, understand that while they might be having a tough time um, we're there with them, trying to figure out a way that we can help them through these situations and make sure that we're doing the best that we can for them. So, And Andrew, why is that so important, not just to you, but to other farmers in the area? You know, Kevin's operation, you know, he talked about, you know, being able to listen to your farmer, your grower. Um, you know, there may be an area here where, you know, he's not trying to sell you something. You're telling him, no, this is what needs to go here and you, you, you compromise and you guys figure out something that works very well. And that's huge with him and his organization. Seth, anything you wanna add? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think it's all about giving Kevin the options and the ability to give him the tools necessary to help service his customers, right? So we talked about the, you know, the channel brand experience, the seedsmanship at work, the, you know, the ability to generate those custom crop reports. And I think, you know, as you think about the ability to arm, arm Kevin with those tools and those tailored solutions, it's, all right, how do we arm him with the ability to use this data, right? So whether it's hybrid placement, variety placement, um, or whether it's looking at, you know, seed treatment. So, hey, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at some Acceleron seed treatments, you know, am I looking at fungicide, insecticide, or, you know, as we bring products like Nemastrike to market, you know, how are, we, how are we introducing those to our customers and saying, hey, here is a, a value-added service. And so we can use FieldView to, to document and show the value of those products and side-by-sides, right? And so then when we come back and we harvest that data, you know, there are tools in FieldView around, you know, field region reports and yield analysis that allow us to easily analyze that data. So then Kevin has the information along with Andrew to say, hey, as we move forward next year, here's what we learned from this year to be able to say, hey, here's what we're doing, um, and using that data to make decisions off of. I might add to that a little bit, just in some real world things that we did last year, uh, field view is easy uh, for a grower. You won't find a platform that's easier for a grower to get used to using or uh, plug and play compatibility um, to be able to map things. but. We do a lot of testing. Uh, we've got five different seed treatment tests that we're doing this year, and every one of those is gonna be documented with a grower that utilizes Climate Field View because we know that we'll get the data, and it's seamless. The grower doesn't have to do anything other than label it at the beginning of the season. 
Uh, last year we did some trials on some corn, on some over treatment on some corn, and we had over 500 acres with eight different growers, and every bit of it got documented through field view. And we were able to find out that this product uh, wasn't necessarily something that was worth spending the extra money on because we had 500 acres with eight different growers of documented strips showing that there was not necessarily an advantage to using this product. So, uh, you know, we're not just throwing everything at it blindly. We're trying to make sure that we are, are documenting things and getting things taken care of. And Climate Field View makes it easy. I just wanted to say how awesome it is to hear um, Seth and Kevin giving all this information and how Andrew it's really like you have an honest team like behind you all working together really with your best interest in mind um, that's what it really seems like oh yeah very absolutely. informed people yes <laughs> helping you out yes. <laughs> so I just have one more question for you guys I like to end on something a little lighter I would just like to know why each of you do what you do, why you, ch why you sell channel seed, why do you farm, Andrew and Seth, why do you work with Climate Field View? What do you love about it? Why are you in this, why are you in the agriculture industry? Yeah. So uh, my grandparents both farmed and I've always kind of had a passion for farming. Um, my in-laws farm and just really enjoy being in agriculture. I mean, what better industry can you be in that you have the opportunity to be out here every day in the wide open and, and see a seed start from nothing to a big robust plant that's gonna produce millions and millions of bushels. Um, but our, our main reason behind it is, is we don't farm personally, but we get to farm on thousands of acres because we have a lot of growers that we deal with and so we basically get to partnership with these guys and work with them directly to make sure that they're profitable so that we both can go on the next year and so at the end of the day um, the relationship that we have with the grower today and the relationship with we have with the grower this time next year is what's important is making sure that they're here from year to year so that we can both do what we love right Seth. Yeah, yes. from my perspective, uh, yeah, ag agriculture is a deep passion of mine. Um, so I grew up on a family farm uh, over in East Central Indiana in a little town called Eaton, uh, just north of Muncie. Uh, so my family still farms there today. Um, and then I currently live in Greensburg, Indiana, uh, which is kind of south southeastern Indiana. Um, my father-in-law farms there, and I help him uh, in, in my spare time uh, when um, you know, I'm not doing podcasts and things like that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, so it runs deep. Um, but, uh, you know, my time with climate, it's been exciting. Um, the data science space, uh, as, as we look to be able to, you know, farmers are, are collecting this data. And so they're looking, they're hungry for uh, people to help give them solutions. Okay, I've got this information. How can I use it? What can I learn from it to make better decisions off of? And so it's an exciting time, you know, uh, you know, you find a job you like you never work a day in your life and so um, yeah I, I get up and I go to work every day but it doesn't feel like that because I get to spend time with folks like Kevin and and farmers like Andrew and it's exciting to see uh, them you know, like Kevin said it's easy so be able to take this information to easily make decisions off of and, and what that brings to their operation and uh, you know helping them be sustainable and, and use the information uh, it's, it's very rewarding. Living the dream. Andrew? Yeah, living the dream. Um, 
you know, Seth said it, you know, when you find a job you love, you really not, you're not going to a job. Um, you know, grandparents, a couple generations go farmed, um, then that went away from the Hughes side. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got a chance to bring that back to my family and was blessed with the opportunity to do that. And, you know, it's always been there as a passion in my blood. Um, I love it. I'm blessed that I have a chance to go out every single day and do something. Um, there's always obstacles. It's not easy. Um, that's one of the things I love about it. Um, the risks are there and you've got you've to take the risk. You've got to leap and jump and take the faith and, you know, know that you have a community behind you, like Kevin and Seth and the family um, to look forward to and, and to, you know, just to help. You know, we're out here doing everything, not just for ourselves, for everybody, you know, and making an impact, no matter how big or small it is. And it's just, it's really fulfilling when you go home at night knowing that you're, you're doing something. And to take that and, you know, kids to grow up and have that, you know, the faith and the family and to know that they're going to go out and work and, and be there with you and you watch them grow and watch your business grow. It's just a phenomenal feeling every single day. Wow, what a great answer. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. Kevin, Seth, and Andrew are all definitely experts at what they do, and it's really interesting to see how they work together to make farming a little easier and hopefully, weather willing, a lot more profitable. Now we're going to hear from grain marketing consultant Matt Bennett, who's going to give us some advice on bin management. This is Matt Bennett, the grain marketing consultant for Channel Seed, and uh, coming to you to talk about markets again uh, in our series. I uh, want to talk a little bit about bin management. So we're actually going to do uh, probably three or four episodes here uh, because it's an extremely important topic. Um, you know, I know some people don't have bins at home, but uh, we have built a ton of storage here in the last few years uh, here in the U.S. Um, a lot of reasons that uh, folks are doing so. One of the main ones that we've witnessed guys doing uh, doing so, and I'm not, uh, I don't have anything against it, but it was simply to uh, speed up the harvest process because of course as we've had these huge yields elevators just simply haven't been able to handle all the uh, producers being able to deliver grain as quickly as what they've been able to so that's a big reason why a lot of people have built bins but coming from a family that had grain elevators as a kid uh, I know that you can actually use those bins to make some money for yourself uh, simply by doing the same types of things that the elevator system uh, does to turn those bins into money uh, making machines and so first of all we've got to ask ourselves uh, you know how is it that we make money whenever it comes to uh, to our bins uh, you know whenever we come into harvest I always try to encourage folks we need to think long and hard about uh, you know what kind of financial needs we're going to need going into harvest uh, of course we want to fill our bins especially when there's full carry in the market uh, at the same time uh, you know if it's an inverted market uh, maybe we deliver quite a bit of our grain, uh, but if we've got bins, we're all used to using them. And so, you know, if there's full carry in the market, basically what the market is trying to tell us is that our grain is going to be worth more uh, in the future than what it is today. The market's saying we have plenty of grain right now, uh, we really don't want it, and we'll pay you to keep it on your farm. Or, essentially, if you store it at the elevator, obviously you're going to have storage costs, but 
the corn is going to be worth more later so it might be worth it uh, to go ahead and store that corn and so the way that the market structure is set up is certainly uh, one in which you know it kind of tells us what it is that we need to do it tells us uh, essentially uh, what the market is asking for at the present time and so by having bins we can actually give ourselves uh, quite a bit more flexibility as far as the timing uh, of when we might make our sales first of all and second of all uh, being able to capitalize when some of these processors and end users uh, might need the grain more than what they uh, uh, do for instance at harvest time. We all know that basis is going to be widest uh, whenever we have harvest and uh, basis is typically going to get better as the year goes on uh, especially whenever you have a fairly large sized harvest so uh, whenever you have bins uh, if you're going to fill them every year uh, we certainly can uh, make money on them even in years with an inverted market um, there are opportunities uh, for one thing when there's an inverted market usually have very tight supplies and so uh, whenever you have tight supplies that means someone is really going to be wanting the grain later on in the year so in the next couple of uh, next couple of uh, uh, topics what we're going to end up doing as we go through this is we're going to talk about specifically what you might be looking for whenever it comes to basis uh, what might you be looking for whenever it comes to marketing and how is it that you're going to be able to make your beans uh, bins turn into money making machines once again so this has been Matt Bennett uh, the grain marketing consultant with Channel Seed and uh, we'll come back to you with part two of our bin management series uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go further into this Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more from Season 2 of Channel Chat. Learn more at channelpodcasting.com.